What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we are back at it once again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, do we have some really interesting college football news? One of the most underrated tight ends in the whole country, a former five-star tight end, has officially entered the transfer portal. Um, Auburn transfer quarterback Bo Nix. He may not even be the starting quarterback at Oregon. We will dive into that a little bit later. And then we also finally got an announcement about Bobby Wagner and the team that he will be signing with. And Bruce Arians actually did step down as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get into all that great and amazing news, I want to make sure first that y'all are at, that y'all are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on each of the platforms. Link will be in the description as always. And guys, I hope y'all have had a fantastic week. We've had a great week of episodes so far. And I hope really in today's episode we finish it off strong and then get right back into it next week. So guys, let's get right into some college football news and start us off former five-star recruit and Texas A&M tight end Cooper Cup. Now, is not the uh, younger sibling of Cooper Cup, you know, the NFL all-pro wide receiver who just won the triple crown this year in the NFL. But no, it is he was a stud coming out of high school back in 20, 2018, six foot seven. I mean, huge frame. I mean, this guy is what you would want as a great blocking tight end. But also to add on to that, he was super athletic, one of the more highly recruited um, tight ends coming out of his out of his almost a draft class. <laughs> well, I guess how college kind of is like a draft class nowadays. But no, super. I mean, he was super highly recruited. Ended up going with Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Um, suffered his first two years in Texas A&M. Both were injury ridden. Obviously, 2020 COVID year, and then he redshirt. He had a medical redshirt his first year. So never really had a lot of time with A&M. Never. We didn't really see him play almost at all. So what that was, you know, kind of, you know, not really, it kind of did suck to see a lot of talent like that just get wasted from injuries, but he has officially entered the transfer portal. I definitely expect for him to bounce back. He is from Brock, Texas, which is around the um, DFW area, so definitely watch out for schools like SMU, possibly TCU, those schools maybe to be able to recruit him, because he still has that power that power five, you know, level talent, and he's got size. I mean, dude, you can literally just sit him as an extra offensive lineman with his size. So definitely a huge name in the transfer portal to watch out for. Because when you look back at his um at his um class, the 2019 class, he was the 53rd ranked player in the whole country, and I mean that's that's counting quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, everything. So he was super talented, and when you look at 24/7s, I mean they really had nothing bad to say about him because you know he plays really well and run heavy offenses and excels at a run blocker so definitely 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 a huge name to look out for if your favorite school does end up picking him up uh the next news we have is regarding auburn transfer quarterback and current oregon quarterback bo Nix. 
In case you don't know, his father was a quarterback at Auburn, so he already had, you know, the bloodline. Plus, he was a five-star recruit, so he looked to be, you know, the next huge, you know, name at quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. Unfortunately, during his time, he really underperformed, got beat out by a lot of not really worthy backups. TJ Finley practically replaced him this year towards the end of the season. So, you know, he just never really flourished in that Auburn offense. But, you know, he figured, hey, I'm going to hit the transfer portal. And he did that. So, and he did so earlier this year. And he actually landed in Oregon, which, I mean, everyone thought, okay, he's going to be a solidified starter. He'll finally, you know, not have to worry about someone taking a spot. But. It, I mean, so far in spring football for the Oregon Ducks, it's looked like, you know, he's not the starter. He's taken second-team reps behind freshman quarterback Ty Thompson. Now, Ty sat behind Anthony Brown last year, the longtime Boston College quarterback who transferred to Oregon to finish out his career. So, obviously, he, pre, he I think he's a redshirt freshman or a COVID freshman, one of the two. So, he was a four-star recruit coming out of Gilbert, Arizona, which Arizona's been known to produce many great quarterback names, which include Spencer Rattler. So... He's pretty hyped up, and I guess he's looked really well. I mean, obviously, you know, the whole coaching staff has seen, you know, a young kid is better than a proven veteran. Now, I'm not saying that Ty doesn't deserve it because he definitely does. He definitely has a great size with his um, six foot four frame, but I definitely think Bo Nix, they should at least start out Bo Nix just to, you know, simply see what he can offer and, you know, if the Bo Nix experiment goes down, at least you'll have a decent backup, and then you'll be able to go into the future with Ty Thompson, who obviously is going to end up being the future of the Oregon Ducks at the quarterback position, you know, bearing any surprise, um, you know, five-star quarterback commits in the next year or two. So definitely is huge, and I mean, this is huge news for the Oregon Ducks because we all thought Bo Nix was going to be their starting quarterback, but it looks like the whole coaching staff from Oregon doesn't like what they're seeing right now from Bo Nix, and they're deciding to move forward currently right now with Ty Thompson bearing, you know, any injuries or anything unfortunate that might happen. So I do feel bad for Bo because I do think part, like the offensive schemes at Auburn never really fit his play style. And obviously, trust me, Bo Nix definitely had a lot of boneheaded plays and just could never accurately throw the football. But once again, you can't just solely blame it on the coaching staff because Bo Nix, a lot of that responsibility fell on his shoulders simply just from the fact he did not execute the way that Auburn expected him coming out of high school with all that hype that he built up. So definitely something to continue to watch in the Oregon quarterback room. Uh, the next news we have in the final news in the college football segment of today's episode, it's it's um, involving two Ohio State wide receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Obviously, both are projected first-round picks in this year's draft. I mean, they are some studs. Chris Olave has a lot of speed. Garrett Wilson has a lot of speed. Both have great hands. Because either way, these guys are going to end up being probably top 25 picks. But a rumor around the league currently is that both of these guys are expected to be drafted a lot earlier than what most people and scouts think they are. And this, and the source that says this is actually a high-level source in the NFL. So it's, a, it's coming from a reputable source. And it doesn't really shock me because I think a lot of these teams that want to look to add a wide receiver two, possibly a wide receiver three, maybe even a slot guy, because expect the Cowboys, especially after you know moving Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns, they're going to need that wide receiver three. And the fact that they didn't re-sign Cedric Wilson, that opens up that slot position for pretty much anyone because I know Noah Brown's not going to you know squeeze into the slot because he's too damn big. So... But definitely watch out for Chris Olave, possibly to the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys need to continue to draft wide receivers. But definitely, if you have Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson at whatever pick the Cowboys have, which I know it's a mid to late round first round pick, so 
definitely something to watch out for. Possibly watch out for the Cleveland Browns. Maybe go after Garrett Wilson, tag him up with Amari Cooper, give Deshaun Watson another weapon, which Garrett Wilson and Amari Cooper on the same offense is insane, especially if the Browns somehow manage to get Odell Beckham Jr. back after Odell already said he's fine with coming back to Cleveland since they're pretty much you know, moving on from Baker Mayfield. And I do, honestly, I do feel bad for Baker Mayfield simply for the fact it's not all his fault. Because when you watch some of the film, yes, he makes a lot of inaccurate throws. But Odell dropped, I mean, there was a whole five to six minute video of Odell just straight up dropping simple, you know, middle of the field routes, slant routes, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can't fully blame it on Baker because you can't pinpoint accuracy every throw. You know what I mean? He's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. But it's, I think it's honestly kind of ridiculous to not give him credit where credit is due because he single-handedly almost turned around the Cleveland Browns his rookie year from going, I think they were 1-30-something the past two years to making them a 7-30. and seven win team which for Cleveland is practically like going 13 and 4 so not besides nothing less definitely is good for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson because they both are definitely studs and are obviously the next era of great Ohio State wide receivers to enter the league so definitely watch out for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson maybe to surprisingly go in the top 10 to a team that just you know bites the bullet and says you know what screw it we're gonna go pick one of these guys so guys that is it for the college football segment of today's episode now let's get on to some NFL news. And guys, Thursday brought us a lot, a lot, a lot, and I mean a lot of great news. But also Wednesday brought us some even, you know, news too. Um, the New Orleans Saints, their starting safety, Malcolm Jenkins, the former Philadelphia Eagle who won Super Bowl, you know, the Nick Foles Super Bowl, which that that was such an amazing game, the Philly special and all that. But he was the starting safety for the Eagles. He has announced his retirement from the NFL after 13 seasons. So congrats to Malcolm on a great career. And honestly, I hope he enjoys retirement because personally, I loved watching Malcolm. He was a great locker room guy. He definitely brought a lot of the injury. Not the Well, he did bring injuries. But he brought a lot of the energy to, um, especially a lot of pregame routines that the Eagles did. And I just love the energy he brought to that whole organization as a whole. So definitely congrats to Malcolm on a great career. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they have signed former 49ers defensive end Arden Key to a one-year contract. I love this for the Jaguars because they don't really have any edge rushers now. I mean, they gave up Yannick Ngakwe two years ago. They, I mean, Kayvon... Kalevon Chase on. He's not, I mean, he's doing okay so far, but obviously he's been eh. And they don't really have anyone else on the edges. So getting a guy that just came off a career year with the 49ers and honestly looked really, really, really good and, and put up a lot of quarterback pressures and the size he brings at the defensive end position is huge. So great signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they continue to spend money and try and build up that defense, which very much needs it. So. And I still think Jacksonville had one of the more underrating, underrated signings in Darius Williams from the L.A. Rams at three-year 30, I think it was like 33 million. So definitely they had one of the most underrated, and they also had one of the most overrated signings in Christian Kirk. But we'll, I'm not going to you know blabber about that any more than I already did a couple weeks ago. So uh, the next news we have is regarding the Minnesota Vikings. They are re-signing um, Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Peterson to a one-year contract. This one doesn't really shock me. Patrick's, you know, his – market values majorly decreased simply for the fact that he's he's not the same Patrick Peterson he was when he was with the Arizona Cardinals and he went to seven I think it was seven straight Pro Bowls obviously he's not putting up that same production so that's definitely something to watch out for but nothing less Minnesota they still need cornerback help they're very thin in that position so getting a veteran like 
Patrick Peterson back definitely is huge. So once again, I also would expect, you know, possibly Minnesota to draft a cornerback in the first round because, I mean, they don't have anyone. Definitely the two Cincinnati cornerbacks, um, Kobe Bryant and uh, Sauce Gardner, those are two names to watch for if they fall that low. I definitely could imagine Kobe Bryant possibly going to the um, the Minnesota Vikings simply for the fact that you know Sauce Gardner's kind of been the one of the more hyped up prospects simply because the production he did bring when he was at Cincinnati. I mean, he didn't allow one receiving touchdown his whole career, which that is an insane statistic, and you can actually look it up. It's true. He didn't even allow one. So nothing less. You know, Minnesota definitely watch out for Minnesota to continue to make moves, but nothing less. That's still a good move going into the future, just to at least for this season, kind of a band-aid fix, in my opinion. Uh, the biggest news actually that did happen on Thursday: the Los Angeles Rams are signing All Pro and former Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner to a five-year, fifty million dollar contract, which is up to sixty-five million with incentives. I guess the Rams are in Madden right now and they turned off the salary cap because I don't know how in the actual heck they're signing all these dudes to these $10 million, $10 million a season contracts, $15 million season contracts. You're going to remember, they're about to give Aaron Donald a, con- a new contract. They just gave Matthew Stafford a new contract. They just gave Allen Robinson a new contract. They just gave Bobby Wagner a $10 million plus you know season contract. Um, they currently have Jalen Ramsey's contract. They're still technically paying Aaron Donald's contract right now. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember all the names they're paying. I mean, there's so many guys on that roster. And they Honestly, they were one of the worst cap spots a couple years ago, and they still are. But they seem to always evade it, and I definitely do think there's you know a little bit of maneuvering around, if you know what I mean. But nothing less, definitely was a huge hole that the L.A. Rams needed to fix because – they really haven't had a middle linebacker that's been noteworthy. Yes, you know, Traven Howard was kind of a great late-season spark for them in that linebacking room. But besides that, they haven't really had any, you know, steady and consistent, you know, Pro Bowl level. But now getting a, you know, a 10-year-plus veteran in Bobby Wagner, who's already proven he's the one of the best, if not the best, middle linebacker in all of college, in all, almost like college football. Oh Lord, he's one of the best, you know, linebackers in the whole NFL. And the fact you're only going to have to be paying him ten million a season this is a great deal for both sides because Bobby's still getting paid at least ten million a season for the next five years. You know, if he still plays up to the same level, and the Rams are also getting an All-Pro level linebacker in return. So now that the fact the Rams they have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Bobby Wagner on the same defense. Holy jeez. The Rams, I mean, they're they're not I mean, when they when they when when their GM at the um Super Bowl parade was like, you know, F them picks, yeah, they didn't have to give anything up anything up for Bobby Wagner, but the Rams aren't scared to spend money, and that's why the Rams continue to win year after year after year. Because you see Cowboys who are scared to spend money on these big name free agents but would rather spend money on guys they feel quote-unquote comfortable with. I mean, you've seen how DeMarcus Lawrence has panned out. He hasn't done anything productive the past three years. He's been on he's been on IR most of the time. So it, it's just it's one of those things where I wish a lot of teams had the same philosophy as L.A. And obviously L.A. probably has a lot better financial backing. And yes, the Cowboys, one of the, you know, the, the Cowboys have no excuse to not spend money considering the fact that Jerry Jones – you know, owns them, and that dude has more money than he ever should need. But 
the fact that they just can't somehow manage to get rid of some of these stupid contracts, but get rid of guys that are on in contracts, like Zeke. Zeke is going to be a focal point of this contract contract talks for the next couple months, if not year or two, until he gets until he gets released or traded off the Cowboys. Everyone's going to look at him when it comes to cap situations. Why the hell are we paying? Why the hell are we paying for a running back that's going to be sitting behind? Are starting running back, but we're going to be paying him 15 million plus a season. Like, it makes no sense the fact they're paying for a dude that might be healthy half of the year, and he might be able to give you 50 yards a game while you know doing three yards a carry. Because you're you're going to have to rush Zeke about 20, 20, you know, 20 attempts a game just to even get him to half of 100 yards in a game. So, I think the Cowboys, in my opinion, need to move on from Zeke. It was fun while it lasted. Zeke had a great, you know first couple years in the league he looked fantastic he looked like he deserved that contract but with how the nfl is nowadays and how easily replaceable running backs are there's no need to pay running backs this much money especially ones that just cannot stay healthy and play at a consistent level every single week and week out so besides the fact the la rams though them signing them signing bobby wagner in my opinion is that last little piece of the puzzle for them to continue to build and build and build off the success that they had last year you know winning the super bowl against the cincinnati Bengals. so definitely la you know continue to continue to shows hey you know we're not going to waste these guys prime years we're going to get the most we can out of it we'll pay them whatever we need to pay them as long as we get a couple championships championships out of it that's perfectly fine so great signing for the rams and for bobby wagner and the funny thing is bobby wagner will still be in the nfc west so he will still be playing the seahawks who released him twice a year i think that also factored into it a little bit simply for the fact he wants to get you know a little bit of sweet sweet revenge against them uh, the next news we have, and the final news we have in the NFL, it's regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their head coach, Bruce Arians, who's been the head coach of the Bucks the past three years, he's officially stepped down as head coach and will be retiring from coaching, but he will be entering a front office role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he will still be staying with the organization, but probably for health reasons too, he's deciding to step down. Um, Bruce already said it had nothing to do with him and Tom Brady and some of their disagreements that people always rumored for them to have, which honestly, I think, you know, they did obviously, they butted heads simply for the fact both guys wanted to be able to call plays. And I think Tom Brady definitely, you know, being up in New England was able to have a lot more freedom, you know, with Josh McDaniels and all that. Plus, we know Bruce Arians is a control freak. So him and Tom Brady obviously were bound to butt, butt heads regardless, but nothing less. Bruce Arians was a great coach. And you know it's gonna be he's gonna really be missed. But you know the Bucks, they had this thing all planned out. This was something that was probably happening behind the scenes for a while now. So defensive coordinator Todd Bowles will actually be moved to be the head coach, the former Jets quarter. Uh, I almost said the former Jets quarterback, <laughs> the former Jets head coach. He will become the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I absolutely love. He's done wonders with that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. The fact that he is so aggressive and constantly blitzes quarterbacks and just gets them under pressure, which is what you need to do, is fantastic. So definitely it's kind of interesting because I think now Tampa Bay is in a lot better position because Todd Bowles definitely seems to be more of a player's head coach. Not that Bruce Arians wasn't, but I just don't think a lot of guys in that locker room really liked Bruce Arians a lot. So getting a guy like Todd Bowles, who I know that whole team loves, especially the defensive side of the ball, I think that'll make them want to play a lot better, and I think that'll want to play make them play a lot more for him because Todd Bowles got screwed over when he was in New York because I couldn't even tell you. I think Teddy Bridgewater and – 
some like I mean, he had no quarterbacks when he was in New York, and that defense. I think they had Leonard Williams, and that was it on that defensive side of the ball back then. So, you know, obviously he didn't really get a chance up in New York. So now Todd Bowles will really be able to make you know the most out of this new chance that he's getting from. Bruce Arians stepping down, and Bruce Arians wanted to make sure that, you know, Todd Bowles was in the best, you know, best opportunity to succeed once he did step down, so I give Bruce Arians props for at least not being selfish in that aspect, and, you know, making sure that his predecessor was going to be, you know, in the best shape possible, especially, you know, with Tom Brady coming back for at least the next year or two, so great news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their fans, you will be getting a very solid head coach in Todd Bowles. Um, the next news we have, and this is actually going to be some NBA news. I know I really don't talk too much about the NBA, but with MLB, you know, opening week starts next week. I want to at least get some NBA news in right before the playoffs do start in the NBA, actually. So um, the first news we have is regarding Los Angeles Lakers. Their starting center, Anthony Davis, he is expected to return Friday against the Pelicans after being out since February 14th with a foot sprain. Oh, man. I So LeBron also is currently, you know, quote-unquote out with an ankle injury and he's hoping to be coming back you know on Friday as well I think with Anthony Davis the Lakers need to move on from this because he's only going to continue to get injured and injured and injured and injured every year I mean it's sad to see the fact they gave up so much and so much young talent and Lonzo Ball Brandon Ingram who continues to be a star for the New Orleans Pelicans alongside CJ McCollum and then the fact Josh Hart also, who's been a you know a really good role player now with the Trailblazers. So it kind of, when you look at it now, it definitely looks like, okay, the Pelicans did win the trade technically. They really didn't because all those players ended up leaving besides Brandon Ingram. But nothing less, Anthony Davis really is just a cap, you know, sponge right now. He's just soaking in all that money while not really giving them any production. The Lakers fell out of the play-in tournament currently, so they I think they fell to the 11th seed which is not really a good look considering the fact that L.A. came into this season, you know, with NBA championship hype and the fact that they're not even, they may not even make it into the play-in tournament, which is only around because of the whole COVID and all that situation. It's it's insane because I never would have thought at the beginning of the NBA season that we'd be talking about the Lakers possibly not even making a play-in tournament. So definitely it would be good for, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron to come back, but do not get, you know, too excited Laker fans because you still have a very very disappointing Russell Westbrook which I've just never seen him, seen him in such a funk before like we've all seen Russell Westbrook have those games where he looks like awkward and you know not Russell Westbrook slashed into the paint and all that but this season just something is off he doesn't I'm, I, I knew from the second he was traded from the Washington Wizards to the, the Los Angeles Lakers that it was not a good fit because when you have a ball-dominant player like LeBron James and then you have a slashing ball-dominant player like Russell Westbrook who cannot shoot, and we all know that he can't. He has a lot of Ben Simmons at, at like you know traits. Not that he is Ben Simmons because he has definitely is a lot better, but you know he plays a lot like how Ben Simmons is, is afraid to shoot a lot of mid-range deep and deep shots, but definitely is great when it comes to slashing to the paint. So... Definitely, definitely is good for you know LA finally getting some some momentum. I'm hoping because I don't want to see them get absolutely destroyed, but it's definitely you know not shocking to me to see how much you know they're getting exposed right now for you know just not being the Lakers that everyone thought they were at the beginning of the season. So uh, the next news we have and the final news of today's episode, guys, the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards have officially both been eliminated from the NBA playoffs. The Wizards. It's not really disappointing. We all knew that they really weren't. I mean, I'm shocked they lasted this long. 
because, you know, the fact that Kyle Kuzma kind of emerged for them this season, which was absolutely fantastic to see. I'm glad he finally got a chance to really, you know, show out with so with the Wizards, so that's absolutely good for him. But I definitely didn't expect them to even make it this long, so I say Washington had an okay year. Now, the New York Knicks, that's a whole different ball game. You know, the signing of Kimball Walker we all thought was going to be huge. He didn't even make it halfway through the season. The Knicks and him decided to let him sit out the rest of the year. Um... You know, Randall, he he had great games this season, but also, once again, was very inconsistent, you know, showing some glimpses of the former Lakers, Randall, that we all knew. So, I just think overall, they just they were very disappointing. Obi Toppin was actually a very good bright spot for that Knicks team. I loved a lot of his play. Now, I didn't, now I'm not going to act like I've watched every single Knicks game, but from some of the games I did watch, you know, they did have a lot of great offensive plays, but the defense from what I had seen was horrible, and I mean horrid. I knew a couple weeks ago when they played the Nets and they choked like a 20-something point lead after half, I knew that they were going to be slowly on a downfall, which obviously has led to them being eliminated from the playoffs this year, which once again, I thought they would at least make the play-in, but unfortunately the Knicks, they won't even make the play-in, so... Guys, that is it for today's news. I hope y'all really did enjoy today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for y'all. Guys, I hope y'all have a great Friday, a great rest of your weekend, and I will make sure to see y'all back here on Monday. I'm telling you, I better see y'all back here on Monday. So, <laughs> nothing less, though. I hope y'all guys have a great weekend. Make sure to watch all the March Madness games going on, whether it's the women's or the men's. There's going to be some really good games going on. It's the final four for both of them. So make sure to enjoy some of those games for me. As always, guys, make sure to take care, and I'll see you all on Monday. Peace.